Thanks so much for your leadership on this, Senator Cardin. Thank you. Uh, so now, if we could, and thank you again for your patience, uh, if we could go back to uh, Chief Davis. I, I'm sorry, I believe the person wanted to ask the question. Uh, re got mine, except for we have now let the Senator go. So, Chief Davis, if you could please continue with where you were. Uh, thank you, and it was great to hear from the Senator. And I think he uh, covered a lot of stuff, so I won't be redundant. So let me, if I may, from a police executive point of view, if I can just put this down into one question. How does all of this play out in the field? How, do, how based on, if I'm Arizona, if I'm in Arizona, how do I now implement this law that I know um, is going to result in racial profiling? How do I minimize it? If I can borrow a, a phrase from Shakespeare, especially considering this is uh, the law number, this is really to be or not to be, right, since to be is the section. And so the question would be is, as law enforcement moves forward, we're going to help to have to help them really define what is reasonable suspicion. Now, I understand that you're going to take this matter on and um, through litigation and future litigation, but I'm thinking about in the meantime, there's still work on the ground that has to be done to help out those that want to find a way. There's a lot of law enforcement that were opposed to this legislation, a lot of law enforcement that recognizes the value of positive police and community relations, and we're going to have to help them um, address this issue legally. So one is what is reasonable suspicion? I think the other one we're going to have to ask, help them identify is how long can we detain somebody to determine the status of somebody. So we know that most of the stops are going to be based on a legal pretext. And we know that's going to be one of the challenges you have, as many of you as, as uh, litigators, is that you're going to have some type of legal pretext based on a vehicle code violation or some other low, very uh, low violation, low-level low violation. Um, and then the question is, if the person does suspect, how much time do we give the officer, if any, to actually determine um, if they don't have papers, if this person is there, and if they cannot prove, whether they do, what's the next steps for that? And I think a lot of that will basically really determine whether or not officers really understand their limitations or whether or not the law itself is going to start guiding the direction of the departments themselves, if that makes any sense. So I, I think one of the key that has to happen is this is why I think the legislation, the End Racial Profiling Act, is so important. Right now, many of you know the issue of racial profiling is still really under much debate in the law enforcement industry, primarily because we have not provided any direction. So I'll see policies from around the country that will go uh, to where race is the sole factor. Uh, and I think all of us on this call realize that such a definition means that pretty much anything is accepted, the use of race in any capacity other than the soul, and I think I don't think too many people are going to acknowledge that they use the race as the soul for anything without admitting that they're into a, engaged in racist behavior. So that definition is very problematic. And add that in Arizona where you have policies that are saying that race can be used as long as not the sole factor with the idea that they're required, if I read the law correctly, to um, follow this reasonable suspicion that they believe someone is uh, undocumented then we know what the outcome is going to be. So we need the legislation to make sure that we, they, we can identify and define uh, what is racial profiling. Uh, simply put, for me and what I tell my officers, uh, I think the community already knows, is racial profiling is when you use race as a uh, predictor versus descriptor. And I think we can kind of turn that into very common language for officers to understand how they should use race, that race is really only a descriptor. Anything else outside of that it starts getting into the idea of predicting crime, and I think that's when we get into biases and stereotypes. If we focus heavily on this idea of defining racial profiling, 
ensuring that there's training for the officers in the field, all the things that are inside the legislation, then that can have an impact on the implementation of 2B within Arizona because then the officer can question whether or not they actually have reasonable suspicion and whether or not the race of the person they're stopping is influencing their decision through a subconscious bias or even uh, uh, an overt bias. Absent that, I think we're going to see inevitably that you're going to have really the mass disparate stops of young men of color because people are trying to enforce this law. So I go back to the, the initial statement, to be or not to be, is what discretion do police chiefs have with regards to implementing this law? And so as a police chief, I'd have to ask if this was in California, what does this mean to me? How do I respond to this? What, are my, what discretion do I have? What can I or can I not do with regards to this law when I know that it's going to result in some type of constitutional violation, especially since the courts left it open? And I think besides the litigation aspect, which has to continue, we have to get on the ground, I think someone mentioned earlier, and start working with law enforcement leaders. And there's, some, there's a lot in Arizona that stepped out that, that really opposed it to get them to help them manage this law so that it was very clear that it's going to result in racial profiling, but also provide guidance to all the other agencies on how to implement it or how to train their officers or use policy to control what the officers do or do not do. So for me, like I said, if this was California, I would really focus heavily on defining reasonable suspicion and how race cannot be a factor in that unless you're meeting the description of something that someone gave you as far as committing a crime. I would focus very heavily on um, the, you know, what, what constitutes, what kind of evidence would suggest that a person is illegal absent their own admission of it and really set the standard to such that absent a person telling you or you getting a, a reliable information that they are, then there really is not going to be very many circumstances in which papers please would be appropriate because you won't have the reasonable suspicion. And so, and I think that's what the officers are looking for. And I think this is one of those times that law enforcement is going to have to find a way to push back on it, but do so legally and within the framework of our checks and balance system. But I think I'm hoping that this group can help in many ways and really showing law enforcement uh, how to manage this law. Because to simply say that it's wrong, in the meantime, you have all these agencies in Arizona that are going to have to deal with it, um, and you're going to have advocates that will try to hold them accountable if they don't enforce the law. So there's some balancing acts for law enforcement. You're going to have the issues of crime and violence. To what the senator is saying, I think to win this battle in the public, outside the, the legal framework, is that we're going to have to, one, demonstrate that this is counter to public safety. And I think the senator said it best. All evidence is very clear that it is, and that the more you engage in disparate stops and profiling, the less likely you are to engage in effective policing. We can't afford it. With another one, how costly this is going to be to engage in this type of enforcement behavior, let alone the litigation that it may cause, and to provide direction of policy of how the officers can still do their job, maintain their relationship without violating the law, but set the standards as such that they will not engage in systemic or systematic racial profiling. So I, I see there's a lot of opportunity, and I don't know what this does from the uh, legal framework, but it, from looking on the field, I think there's a lot of opportunity for law enforcement to take a very strong leadership role into really just really identifying uh, what it will or will not do with regards to racial profiling. And I'll stop there and open up for any questions that you guys may have. 